Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 30th, 2020, proper 17, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how is your morning treating you? My morning is treating me fine. Just it's a fine. beautiful day in, in Indianapolis. The oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, since we're we're in different locations, I figured I should give you my weather report. <laughs> That's right. That's right. A little further south. Uh, yeah. Did you did you watch the race? Yeah, and where we live, we can hear the race. Ah, okay. The zoom zooms and <laughs> a different kind of zoom. On, well, on this past yes. Sunday. <laughs> The old kind. And what was interesting um, for you sound engineers out there is it was much louder than usual because there were no fans deafening the noise. It was bouncing off those metal bleachers. Oh. Yeah, and, there would be no counter sound. To... Yeah. I think we're like four miles or, or no, we're less than that um, in a straight line from the racetrack. Hmm. Um, but... It was, yeah, usually you kind of have to filter out the sounds of air conditioners and things like that. But yesterday right. it was, oh, they've started sort of thing. <laughs> now I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I got a lot of, I saw a lot of comments about how uh, sad everyone was. It's not the same. Um, I, it was the same kind of race day for me as it always was. Yeah. <laughs> it always is. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to admit, if it was just my experience, it was better because it was louder. So there you go. I, I could watch the TV and, yeah, and, and hear could, at the same time. And we could actually sound. watch it uh, this year. Yeah, I mean, and that, of course, made a nice difference for yeah, me. Yeah, what a blessing. No blackout. For the first time in, goodness, I don't, I don't know how long. Um, yeah, they said in the paper there was one odd year they showed it. But, um, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So. And I got to see the um, Air Force flyover. As usual, they did their return over at my house. So, um, uh, yeah. That's probably what the, yeah, that's probably what the, <laughs> that's probably what that noise was. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, uh. I think they, they took a turn uh, uh, somewhere around the north side at one point. So, <clears throat> so yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting the the yeah. times we live in. See the just just a, a another shining example of uh, of uh, silver linings. Uh, that's through, right, making some this. lemonade here. That's right, that's right. A little louder. It was on TV. Not so bad. I could sit in my chair and watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? They still just like every time before. They still turned left the whole time. <laughs> Yes. So, and except when the accident like turned right and hit a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's, unfortunately, fortunately, no one seemed but, to be hurt seriously. I'm glad. Yes, a, a sense of normalcy for 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 uh, for all of us. Um, all right. Well, um, let's uh, let's go to our non-racing related yes. word of the day. Although, actually, ironically, uh, it kind of sounds like it could be. Um, uh, Bruce, your word today is diptych. Oh man! Would you like a spelling? I, I well, yeah, I think I can spell it, but I'll let you. Uh, it, it does sound like dipstick. That's not it. Uh, that's right. That's the the racing related word. Um, D i p t y c h diptych. Is it okay? Give me. Uh, I'm gonna ask for one clue. Is it something that's visual? Yes. Okay, I was. I think it's a, a style of religious art in which there are multiple, well, usually two side panels around the crucifixion or nativity or something like that, and those side panels have some, either an extension of the scene or saints portrayed um, or other religious themes that are supposed to be reflecting on the center panel. Interesting, um, but it's wrong. Inter- it's in- well, it's interesting how much of that is in this uh, in this definition. Uh, it, it is it is a set of two. Uh, it does involve saints, um, but it is not a it's it's not a panel. It's a set of two tablets made of wood or metal bound together by rings, 
with the names of saints, bishops, rulers, and the faithful departed inscribed on the inner surface. And those names were read aloud uh, by the deacon during the Eucharistic uh, Eucharist litur liturgy. Oh, okay. I'll have to, I, I want to look that up later. Yeah. I mean, not, not that I think you're wrong. I just want to see what it looks like. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, there's uh, a picture right there. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, All right. So, on podcast, I, we can pretend anything. Look I, at the size of this one on my desk. I, I, I forgot I had one on the shelf. You know what's interesting, though, is is the as I look it up, because I am sitting here uh, at a computer, of course, because we're recording this electronically, um, and the versions of the old, uh, looks like it goes back to the Greek, um, uh, they do look like panels. So the modern uh, um, images that came up are two panels side by side displaying a kind of like a panoramic scene. Okay, so that, um, that, that is kind of what I was picturing, but I did have a third panel in the middle. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, and even, even like the dictionary.com um, definition uh, um, has a painting, especially an altarpiece, on two hinged wooden panels, which may be closed like a book. So it just looks like the modern version. And and so here's the, here's the uh, uh, another example of of old old word concept and being brought forward um, uh, several hundred years and how it evolves. Um, the essentially, modern diptychs uh, uh, have lost the folding. Um, capability and the rings it's no longer a book uh, uh, style it's just kind of more of a uh, a painting style <clears throat> so um, not entirely sure why um, hmm, interesting you know the other images that I'm seeing here are very much more like um, 3D art in book form like and a pop-up icon kind of <laughs> Kind of very, very detailed, uh, very beautiful uh, artwork in wood, and this other one is in uh, looks like almost ivory. Um, but um, I'm not seeing examples of uh, names of the saints uh, and yeah. folks uh, described inscribed in the here. That's uh, that's the only part that really sounded novel to me. Yeah. So, and I mean, I had envisioned I'm, something that you would, like, actually, the reason it gets folded up like a book is because it gets carried around and maybe taken to parish, from parish to parish. Well, um, I think it also was for pilgrims to carry, oh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when they're making long trips, like, to the Holy Land or something. Right. It was, it was a devotional help. And since it was uh, uh, concepts like, uh, or for names of, like, saints, bishops, rulers, and people who pass away... It's a little bit more uh, literal etching in stone, yeah. Um, as well, opposed to, to for. what you would do in parchment that you knew might withstand some test of time, but is far more fragile. Right, um, and yeah, you can't jam it in the bottom of your backpack. Right. So um, interesting. So I, I'll, I'll uh, now that my curiosity has been piqued after the podcast, I think I'll. Go and see if I can find any images that actually have the names of saints. Because, like I said, the, the couple, uh, the few old, older ones that I found that were very clearly coming from uh, a religious background were very beautiful um, um, scenes that were carved, like mm -hmm. three-dimensionally carved. Um, uh, not so much um, uh, for the writing of names, uh, but more yeah. of, a, of a depiction of a scene. Um, but um, there you go. Diptych. Well, the earliest religious graphic novel. Oh, but not. See, novel. there you go. There you go. Graphic book, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, graphic novel. Yeah, that's right. that would be. Yeah. Well, but it's not supposed to be fiction. Oh, that's oh, that's that, true. That's why that's I corrected true. myself. That's true. There you go. Um, yeah, but I guess we don't really have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a word for it, uh, per se. Uh, right. The, the children's Bible, maybe, um, uh, with, with pictures of... Or diptych. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or diptych. <laughs> Excuse me, Barnes & Noble, where are your diptychs? Yes, I don't see the section. I'm sorry, sir. I'm a little lost. Um, and, and, and in another couple of years, uh, we might be going, Barnes & Noble, man, this thing is dated. Right. Um, <laughs> 
You went to a store to get your books, you idiot. <laughs> um, oh, that's sad. Um, to, to be clear, I go to get books and coffee. Um, so let's move on to our reading. Are you going to defend? we bury ourselves any deeper. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to defend uh, 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 physical bookstores? I, I oh, sure definitely. Like yeah. I sure would like to. Um, our first reading for today, again, uh, an option for this week. Um, but we're going to go with the non-Exodus reading, um, even though Exodus, uh, Bruce, has a character uh, named Jethro in it. I'm just saying <laughs> we are That passing. is an Old Testament name. It's not we, from the Beverly Hillbillies. I understand, but we are passing some, you know, biblical gold over here. Um, <laughs> in the giggle realm, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose we don't need more of that. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, instead, uh, we're going to do that that alternate reading. Jeremiah 15, uh, verses 15 through 21. O oh Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and bring down retribution for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, do not take me away. Know that on your account I suffer insult. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice. Under the weight of your hand I sat alone, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook like waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you turn back, I will take you back, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. So um, we've made a little bit of a change from weeks past. Uh, this is obviously not an Isaiah um, reading. This is a Jeremiah reading. So let's get a refresher as to uh, the author of Jeremiah. What's a... Uh, who who is this person, and what is the general uh, uh, feel for for his writings? Well, he's he tends <laughs> he tends to be kind of negative, as you can tell from this section. Mm -hmm. um, and um, he was written about six twenty seven before uh, the birth of Jesus. We know that because um, he twice refers to King Josea mm -hmm. um, and that in the 13th year of King Josea specifically. So that's 627. Um, Does that place it before or after Isaiah? Depends which part. Oh, okay. Since, since Isaiah, no, which part of Isaiah? Since yeah, Isaiah no, has you. three different steps. Um, and... Um, so this 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 would be uh, between the second author and third author. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So after they've returned, uh, but before Isaiah says, like, we need to do a, a complete something completely different. You know, actually, it may be actually earlier than that. Even. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just doing a quick scan here, and. Yeah, I think it's actually even earlier than I than the first book of Isaiah, Ooh. but they're often connected with each other. They come right after each other in the Old Testament, but also the um, let's see, the theology is very similar. Um, yeah, because they're both they're both prophets. They're both right in in the same general time frame. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both talking about um, the faithfulness of the people. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, it's um, it's a book that 
like Isaiah, tries to get folks to return to what they should be doing. Okay. And Isaiah is full of encouragement, and thus, as we've been saying for a number of weeks, uh, was one of the favorites at the time of Jesus, because that was a time that needed great encouragement under the oppression of the Roman occupation. Uh-huh. Um, Jeremiah was much more harsh, and as this passage shows. Um, and so it's, how should I put it? It's respected but not loved. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a tough coach or something you know um um i get that i get that uh, certain days that's uh, all i can hope for for myself yeah <laughs> as a parent <laughs> i vibe with that every now and again <laughs> so in my experience the reverse is usually easier though they love me they don't respect me uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely saying that's what I would I would take that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some days I would take that. Yeah, either one. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it's it's a book that repeatedly is for, is first of all calling people back to faithfulness to God, mm-hmm. and also as in today, repeatedly has. Repeatedly, Jeremiah complains about having to be a prophet because oh, okay. they don't listen to him. So, so he's the most, I think it's safe to say, he's the most reluctant prophet anywhere in the Bible. Huh. And perhaps even one of the most reluctant followers of God anywhere in the Bible. Um, but you know, he, he knows this is what he's called to do. Um, his Jeremiah literally means um, the Lord exalts. So hmm. you know, his, in, a, in a way he was doomed is <laughs> <laughs> how he sees it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stupid parents. I was called uh, for this life. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he complains, complains and, and teaches and teaches. And um, then Basically, just stops. Um, I'm, tr- I'm flipping forward to the end, and it's a very long book, almost, almost as long as Isaiah. Um, and basically, I think I sh- I'm stopping flipping pages now. I think they fig- figure sort of like Jesus, he, his time of being a prophet, because he keeps throwing historic data into his work, was only a few years. And Ooh. then he retired happily. Gotcha. So unlike, say, um, Samuel in the Old Testament, who seemed to have a, a lifetime seat as a prophet, um, Jeremiah and many of the other prophets were short-term assignments from God. And so, Jeremiah was very happy to walk away from it. Yeah. So so in this, in, in this section specifically... Uh, is this just Jeremiah complaining? <laughs> because it, it, it sure in dialogue like it. with God, yes, you, right. In, God in, in gets dialogue. some lines in. Now, what does he mean by? Uh, I'm a little perplexed by the wording in 16. I mean, obviously, the the, the style of writing is is uh, semi poetic, even though it's in the form of a complaint. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of visual, you know, uh, verbal visualization. Is that a thing? Yeah, I think that yeah. is. Yeah, let's let's say it is. But um, when it, he says, your words were found and I ate them. It refers to all sorts of different images within Hebrew scriptures about the word of God being tasty in my mouth. Mm, okay. And that... And, and some would say it's even a foretaste, foretaste, a foreshadowing of the Eucharist. Um, oh, but okay. it was, yeah, it was, it's designed to give you a very rich image that he was truly taking God into his, into himself, even um, having consumed in a wonderful way uh-huh. uh, the very word of God. So, and then the next verse, he talks about not sitting in the company of merrymakers. Yeah. 
And so you can compare, okay, Jeremiah got to consume the word of God. The merrymakers, you know, they have the cookies and milk, um, the wine and cheese. You know, they, they get to really enjoy consuming things. Mm-hmm. And so, I, so part of it is being a poetic contrast with he took in God's word, but also because of that had to give up a lot of world, worldly enjoyment. Yeah, the the at first blush, I'm glad you pointed that out because at first blush, it just seems like well, may, maybe you're unhappy, Jeremiah, because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, because, Dude, get out some, <laughs> right? Like I didn't sit in the company of merrymakers. I didn't rejoice under under the weight of your hand. I sat by myself, uh, and because you filled me with indignation, I'm like, aren't you supposed to? Be a prophet? Don't you have to do like you should be with other people in order to do that job, don't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, and even shouldn't you, you sit with Mary makers and talk to them? I mean, is that not your calling? See, and that's part of why Jesus didn't make sense to people. Is that see, you're I think you're seeing the prophetic calling through the eyes of Christianity. Because well, I, yeah, I think that would make some sense that I yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. Thank you. I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> yes, you should. Um, but that now you can see why there was um, the Pharisees and others asking Jesus, you know, "Why are you hanging out with merrymakers?" You know, and what the audience, the original audience, would have known is the dot dot dot. Jeremiah didn't, right? And he's one of the best. And you know, then they could run down the list of prophets who, and then and then that's why, and that's why Jesus is like, yeah, I don't like Jeremiah. Isaiah, <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah was my dude. Let me quote from him instead. Um, okay, all right, I'm seeing a little bit of this. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know. It just seems it, it. So so the the world of prophecy uh, um, um, was more one of hermitage <laughs> and well, no it wasn't that good. Rather, rather rather than rather than uh sitting with people and getting to uh convey my ideas to them uh um face to face it's i write you a a, a nasty gram and <laughs> and uh, uh rebuke you from afar it just seems that, so weird well it wasn't that... <laughs> it would have been easier if that's how we got to do it Mm -hmm. But particularly Jeremiah talks about, in other places, having to stand in the what we would now perhaps call the market square, and people make fun of him as he said these words. Oh, okay. And you know, he, he stood at the gates, and people uh, made fun of him as he tried to speak. So he's, his descriptions of what the prophetic communication was to the people were far from pleasant. Yeah, okay. He would have, you know, it's the old thing, again, to slide into our weekly Monty Python reference, you know, it would have been luxury to be a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I could be a hermit. <laughs> yes. Come along. Um, yeah, he I would won't, have... I won't, I won't anymore. I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, he would have much preferred to be away from all these people. But in, instead, God kept sending him back to say these, say various words to various audiences that were not popular. And so Jeremiah was, you know, somewhere between the village kook and the nagging parent that no one likes. Mm. I mean, I, I I feel for the guy. I, it yeah, could not have been an easy job uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, now that you've put the image of Monty Python into my head, <laughs> I can only read his words in that, <laughs> in that style, <laughs> especially since he's complaining. It just, yes, fits. Um, it does fit. <laughs> so rather than, uh, uh, just sitting here making myself laugh, um, what else is there? I mean, I, I did pick up, a um, um, interesting tidbit about like, uh, um, you know, I'll make you into a fortified wall of bronze kind of indicates uh, the uh, time period. Bronze very strong. It was like the, you know, right. perhaps the strongest thing that they had at the time. I don't know if we were into the Iron Age by that point yet or not. I don't think so. Right. Bronze Age was 
right around that time. Right, right. It was so, the Bronze Age, yeah. So the the, the strongest thing known uh, uh, to society, I found, I found that kind of interesting that that was the, the yeah. wording. Um, anything that, else interesting here? That well, that I just want to point out Monty that's, Python related. <laughs> that's this is verse, starting with verse nineteen. It's God's response mm -hmm. where Jeremiah just complains, 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 um, and really gets very personal with personally insultive of God mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. how unfaithful God is and how deceitful and. Um, God responds with, if you turn back, I will take you back. Um, if you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. Um, because one of the big, big issues then and now is people say things to please the congregation, so to speak, rather than really mm. speak what God needs said. And so he wanted to make sure Jeremiah wasn't going to use... He, he wanted to make he wanted to God wanted to encourage Jeremiah not to become a false prophet and mm -hmm. therefore get to hang out with the merrymakers, um, mm. but also didn't want him to be left in this place of despair, and right. so wanted to take Jeremiah back and give him a fresh mission. Which, since this comes in verse fifteen, and there are more than fifty chapters, obviously Jeremiah does return, <laughs> right. Now, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I guess that does make sense. Um, um, okay, so he's more, yeah. I, I was initially, I think the first um, upon first reading, I was reading verse 19 as a little bit of a rebuke, uh, 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 uttering what is worthless, maybe uh, referring to the prior couple of verses. <laughs> Maybe if you stop complaining. <laughs> you, well, I, see, but, I think but it I, refers I more to what the popular message mm -hmm. would be. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and that makes a lot more sense if, if, if as you inform me a little yeah. bit more about like uh, the, the company of Merrymakers and, yeah. and appeasing uh, those you're called to, to, to speak to as opposed to delivering the, the, the words that they actually do need to hear. Yeah. So that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Um, so this is a this is this is one of those cases though uh, where the Bible and the Bible has many, but the one of those cases where um, uh, what's demonstrated is the uh, human frailty in, oh, in yeah. the relationship. You know, this is hard, and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and that that's Jeremiah again and again. And what's beautiful is. God continuing to give a choice. Yeah. And and basically saying, you know, I'm going to be with you, but your life's going to be more meaningful if you speak words of meaning. Right. Um, so it, it's, um, it's a great model for how we are called to act with God today. We're welcome to complain to God, and we should also then listen to how God is still loving us and still has a mission for us. Well, speaking of that mission, let's uh, fast forward uh, 700 years um, and go to Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21. 700 years of time travel. <laughs> Thanks, Wayback Machine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> I love being on the same page with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that reads, uh, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, neither avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. 
For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, so again, Pauline letter to the Romans. Um, any any of this language specific? I mean, obviously he's he, Paul was very good at the uh, uh, knowing who his audience was. But is there any any takeaways as to the language that he uses here? Uh, for appealing to the Romans? Mm -hmm. um, not so much in the dealing with the Romans, but just your fun Bible fact for the day. Okay. Um, verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, is one of the few, if the not the only place in all of the letters of Paul where he seems to quote Jesus. Mm. Which, you know, which is interest, which is, you know, something... That makes me stop and think mm -hmm. that it shows in part that it shows how the Gospels were not written down, that that Paul, as we've said before, does not have any Gospel sitting in front of him to refer to. Instead, it's the oral tradition. It's the teachings that he's gotten from the 11 apostles and other followers of Jesus. And this is one of those things that has stuck in his mind that he wants to make sure that he shares with the Romans. So. Mm -hmm. Of all the things that he could have quoted in, you know, in any of his letters from Jesus, I mean, any of his letters, what he could have quoted from Jesus, this is the one thing he quotes. Did the were, would the Romans have been familiar with the blessings and curses? Uh, um, Probably normalcy. Okay, yeah, because yeah. that that was cross cultural. Okay, uh, it was a, a standard. Secular, well, that's not the right way to put it. It was a standard way of making legal contracts across different countries and cultures and um, religions. Mm -hmm. So whether you were one of you know a follower of the one true God or an Assyrian or a Roman or a Greek, you still were familiar with the blessing and curses legal formula. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and that would have definitely been. Um... As you pointed out, one of one of the things, uh, one of Jesus' teachings is no strings attached uh, contracts. Uh, yeah, is essentially what he was is he is what he's doing. Um, uh, so so that's kind of interesting that you point out that it's one of the few few things that he specifically carries over, almost maybe not word for word, but very very pretty close. close, and and is the only one. Wow, that's interesting. Isn't that isn't that fascinating? Uh, and that one specifically kind of informs um, uh, later on the, the part where he talks about ve uh, vengeance. Yeah, that's um, from Deuteronomy. Okay, okay, but yeah, th that that one is kind of played out. That's pretty much the only one on this list. It almost reads like a list of ten commandments, um, but mm -hmm. it's the only one that that in this verse he kind of goes back and gives more information about because um, I. I feel like that would have, you know, um, living peaceably with all and, and no vengeance would, it goes back to that one specifically, bless those who curse yeah. you, bless and do not curse them. Yeah, it really is a set of, um, like you say, sort of commandments about how to live that out. Mm -hmm. And remember, Paul first comes on the biblical scene as a persecutor of Christians. Mm -hmm. That's true. So this very well could be the words of Jesus that he found the most comfort in for himself. That God, that people would forgive him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the language here in the opening verse? Uh, um, the translation of hate what is evil. I kind of wonder if whether or not that's the how accurate that translation is because it seems it, it's kind of a, a dual negative in such a way that like, we're rarely told to hate things. So I wonder kind of if there's a, if there's more nuance to that word in the Greek. Let's see, which verse is that in? Nine. Oh, I was looking too far down. Oh yeah. Let love right. be genuine. Right hate beginning. what is evil. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, it's because the other, the other bookends to that verse are, a lot softer, right? Right. Let love be genuine. Hold fast to what is good. Hate what is evil. Well, and it's, again, a translation decision. 
Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with trying trying to come up with a word that's the opposite of um, embrace. Right, or love, right. Yeah, and the it really is, the actual word is one that's the opposite, that is, can't say in one word, is do not hold fast to. Okay, okay. So do not hold fast to that which is evil. Is it like the opposite of a, like, are they, is it a specific dichotomy to like uh, agape or one of the other love words? Or is it um, just let go of or, or, or distance, distance yourself from? So not, not de- dealing with the, the, the concept of love. Yeah, it's not dealing really with a contest concept of love. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it's more almost a, well, it's an ethical decision to hmm. to not take it on gotcha rather than an emotional response gotcha okay okay yeah so in, in some ways hate is um not a great word to translate with other um translations have used abhor and mm-hmm. in, in some ways i think that's better because it's not one that we use every day and so it's harder to mess it up, <laughs> right? Right. right. Well, yeah, because to hate something is is like the, you, it's you do it with every fiber of your being, but with emotion. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of, um, it, and I know that it has tripped up people before uh, that translation specifically. Yeah. Uh, oh no, that's why it's okay for me to do X, Y, Z, or yeah. say <laughs> say this. Like, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Yeah, I was... Not what it means. Years ago, I was um, volunteering at an Episcopal camp, and one of the adult leaders, he was in his um, early 20s, of the little group I was working with was um, from... Now I'm blanking. I'm not blanking. I'm just forgetting on which exact country he was from. But one of those that was involved in the Eastern European civil wars after the fall of the Iron Curtain. Ooh. And he had seen a lot of violence. He had seen a lot of death and destruction. And we were just sitting around eating popsicles or something. And one of the kids said, man, I hate purple popsicles. Or some, it was something very trivial. And what was cool was this young man gave this lesson to his group of 15 campers that you should never hate anything because you shouldn't even say the word because it leads to death. Huh. And he said it leads to death of yourself. It leads to death of others um, because you dehumanize them, um, that it separates you from whatever it is rather than reconciles you. He didn't use that term. He he taught it really well. And I was like, well, I'm learning something today. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And, and and I have to admit, in you know, that was, gosh, 20 years ago probably maybe even longer, that still sticks with me, of how hate is a hugely powerful word that we use all too lightly. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I wish it was not used in this translation, because, like you say, it gets Christians off track. Yeah, it also gives us a pass. Which yeah, yeah. is obviously not... Uh... Not Paul's intention, <laughs> especially if you read, you know, the rest of his words. Yeah, because um, <laughs> what, what he's trying to say, looking at the Greek now, for me, is he's trying to say, don't let your agape love be full of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, instead, and, and you do that by being away from the things that are wicked. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, my personal takeaway is the end, the, the last per- portion of the sentence in verse 16. Uh, <laughs> that that sums up uh, probably my most yeah. of my existence. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of our theme for this podcast. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, when we're so doing it which, right. Do, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, any, anything else on, on this? Cause this is, 
we're still middle of Romans, so this yeah. is still this, you this know is... deep into the teaching uh, or, or or persuasion or, or however you view uh, the yeah. letter. And and chapter twelve is where the second half starts. So okay. he's now it's more instructional. No, he he's okay. it's almost a restating of the first half. Oh yes, I forgot it's Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I gotta stop I gotta stop dunking on Paul. <laughs> yeah, so it's um no, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Um, sorry that's sorry. okay but um this particular uh chunk out of the letter of paul also draws on a physical structure of what's called wisdom teachings that mm -hmm. also were in the roman culture greek culture babylonian culture jewish culture christian and therefore christian culture and so it's a form this this listing of um imperatives would have sounded very familiar to people but the content the the form would have sounded familiar the content though would have been kind of radical hmm. so they'd be going oh yeah this is just what we always hear at the roman temple oh wait a minute this is really different because we have to be nice to people hmm <laughs> that's so sad that that's what <laughs> the the different the difference is oh wait we need to be nice yeah. wait a minute it's not what I signed on for. That's not what I signed on for. Oh no, that's hard. <laughs> that takes effort. Wait I want to go watch slaves being eaten by lions this afternoon. How can right? I do that now? <laughs> now? Yeah, you're just making me feel bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can we just sing a song and go home? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So in, now that I think about it, I hadn't thought about it till this moment. This goes back to that theme within Jeremiah of saying difficult things to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll tie into the gospel reading in a moment. Ooh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Well, let's take that moment now. Yeah. Um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of God, in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So, um, again, as with, I, I'm not, I actually don't know if I've asked this, uh, we view the lens of the, of, of what's going on in the gospel uh, through Peter's eyes, essentially, in a lot of these stories, right? Right. I'm not sure if that's necessarily Matthew, just Matthew's style, or is that pervasive through all the gospels? It's, it's very much Matthew's style, and to okay. a, a lesser degree, John's style, Gospel of John. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so he starts. Jesus start, kind of starts preparing him. Which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, before there are a couple of instances where he says things that are kind of foreshadowing, and the Gospel mm -hmm. of Matthew indicates that it's foreshadowing, but that it's going over the heads of the disciples. Um, you know, I, it, coming to mind is almost a, a very specific phrase of like a, a something to the tune of like, a, but they didn't know what he was saying or didn't know what yeah. he was talking about. Um, and uh, and I think even the "where I'm going, you cannot follow" kind of a, a phrase is is before this point. Um, at some point in time, um, I could be wrong on that. I am not positive. In part because this passage, I mean this this 
um, encounter with Simon, um, Simon Peter, takes place in um, in various forms in all four Gospels. Okay. So, um, yeah, and so in Luke, soon after is the Transfiguration, mm-hmm. and that's when in Luke. Afterwards, Jesus soon after that talks about the uh, what you were saying. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh huh. Let's see. Well, and okay, Matthew and Mark too. Transfigurations soon after. Okay. Okay. So then, but but either way, uh, a lot of uh, and yeah, and all in all of them, the second prediction of Jesus dying um, says. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Mm. I think that's what you were thinking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it, in this passage, Simon Peter's finally—it's it's starting to finally click. It, mainly, it, it, at least the way that it's worded here in the Gospel of Matthew, mainly because Jesus started to make it very plain to them. <laughs> Look. Let me, uh, I've been hitting at this for a while and you're just not picking it up. Right. Uh, here's what's going to happen. And when Peter finally figures it out, or, like understands it, he, um, he pulls Jesus aside and rebukes him, um, which, uh, um, boy, Peter, that's a bold choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, 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 you can't do that. You know, like, uh, yeah, um, you don't really get to tell me what to do. Um, and, uh, um, but it's an understandable reaction, right? Well, yeah. Um, so, again, uh, viewing ourselves through Peter, this is what we would do. I mean, this is exactly what we would do. It's what we still do. It's, yeah, exactly what it's we still like, do. Yeah, you know, we're facing some challenging time, and we're like, God, no, this ain't how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Right, right, right. Or, or uh, uh, very specifically, especially uh, getting into a, a, a deeper, um, um, a deeper issue within uh, uh, ourselves that we often struggle with, which is bad things happening. And yeah. why is that? You know, you know, why do bad things happen? And in this instance, um, um, you know, Jesus is saying it's all part of the plan. Um, but not, you know, it, it, the the answer that Jesus gives here isn't, oh, bad things happen because it's always part of a plan. It's like, look, you just, you're focused on the wrong things here. Uh, you're focused right. on, on human things. And regardless of if bad things happen, uh, you're, you have to still move forward with, you know these the, this mindset that I've put before you, the teachings that have come before me, of you know honoring God and 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 doing what's right for for other people, even if that means that something negative occurs, uh, you have to hold fast to those truths that I've taught you. Right back to Jeremiah today, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, and. Uh, um, yeah, and, and, and nowhere in the Jeremiah reading did God tell Jeremiah, it'll be easy. Right. <laughs> or, easy. oh, you're right, this is too hard. That's right, that's right. I'll make My sure bad. that nothing ever, bad ever happens to you. Uh, the promise instead is that uh, you'll withstand it. I'll give you the, the yeah. I'll give you the strength to do what's right. Um, See, and, and one of the things to keep in mind, and the, it's maybe easier to talk about the Jeremiah reading because we don't have as many preconceptions about it, is that the people, the merrymakers, to use shorthand, that was not the will of God that they be merrymakers and that Ooh. they hassle Jeremiah. That was them using their own free will to respond to God as being revealed through Jeremiah. So similarly, what the wording in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and somewhat John, John's a little different, um, is people will do what people will do. Mm-hmm. That we repeatedly give in to evil. We don't follow the imperatives of Paul today, in today's Romans reading. And 
in some ways it's miraculous that Jesus wasn't killed sooner. Yeah. And so Peter is trying to say, oh, no, 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 no. You're changing human nature by what you're Ooh. doing. And Jesus is saying, uh-uh. Sorry, sorry to tell you, fella, that it's going to keep going like this forever. <laughs> you know, right. As long as the human race exists. This is how humans are going to be because they tend to be terrible people at times. Yeah. Um, and the, the phraseology in these passages uh, predicting the, the death of Jesus are all about humans making choices that lead to Jesus' death rather than God saying, this is what has to happen. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it, it does, especially since it's not uh, a, an ability that we have as human beings to know the future. Yeah. Um, uh, it does kind of uh, read, like I think our minds automatically go to, oh, it was always meant to be. Mm -hmm. um, which if, if, you, if you break that down conceptually, it does make a lot of sense that no, that's not actually saying that it was meant to be and that's part of, the, uh, of a plan. But if you know what's going to happen, there's nothing, you know, you're, you're, it's it not, sounds like you want it to happen. Yeah. It sounds like you want it to happen, but you just know, you just know what's, what, yeah. what the, you know, what's going to happen. And in a time when the Romans killed anyone who showed resistance, Jesus, Jesus, even without any divine knowledge, knew that it was inevitable he was going to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a matter of when and where. Yeah, exactly. Um, two other things that I find, well, I shouldn't say, two other things that I want to mention that okay. I find interesting uh, about this, not just only two things. But uh, one is um, in verse 23, when he says, get behind me, Satan, I, I, I feel as though it's a, it, it brings back uh, memories of, uh, I think it's, or it's early in, in the book of Matthew, but the temptation of Christ. Yeah. Um, he's not necessarily re-rebuking Peter. He's just, rec it, it feels to me in, in the reading of it that he's recognizing like, that does sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's a real like, temptation. It's a, that is a real temptation. Yeah, just like the, the temptations were. Exactly. Um, and so it, it is further, uh, like I thought I, I already dealt with, <laughs> I dealt with you in the desert already. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I told you to go away, um, um, but uh, but yeah, it, it, if you read his words and you believe uh, 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 Christ to speak uh, 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 honestly and truly for himself, um, he there in that verse admits you're a stumbling block to me. Like I, this is a real temptation, and right. don't don't tempt me with this because I am focused on something bigger than that, um, and. Uh, um, very much does show that, you know, Jesus recognizes in himself, like, that really does sound tempting to me. Um, yeah. So don't it's, mention it again. <laughs> yeah. And it, it takes us, it foreshadows, to use mm -hmm. the term of the day, the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus has his lonely moment of prayer and asks God that to let this cup pass by rather than mm -hmm. him having to drink from it. That he 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 knows this is going to be really hard. This is going to be painful and yeah. difficult, and it is tempting to say no, but he says yes, and again, yeah. role model for us all. Yeah, um, and then the other thing that I find uh, interesting here is at the very end. Um, Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Um, Playing that out the long way, um, the only um, um, only member standing there uh, who takes death before seeing the Son of Man coming in this kingdom would then be uh, Judas. Uh huh. Um, but this here then also uh, kind of reinforms and 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 uh, um, solidifies the idea that the Son of Man coming in his kingdom is not. Is 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 all built around his resurrection, uh, because they obviously very much do all die <laughs> yeah. before the second um, coming. Yeah, yeah, a, a second coming uh, of of sorts. So, um, 
um, very much pointing uh, to what his uh, kingdom really, really was, and that was uh, the the time after um, he conquers death and and is, becomes the the official sacrificial sacrificial lamb for for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, an interesting, an interesting bit of foreshadowing, and also uh, probably uh, truly terrifying to the disciples. The way this is worded, some of you will not taste death before. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Aren't we all working towards your kingdom? Who's gonna die? Which one of us is gonna? <laughs> how many of us are gonna die? When and when is that gonna happen? Um, uh, it would be a little terrifying to hear uh, a, a, essentially a prophecy that uh, some of you aren't gonna make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and what's interesting, and it's a tough word to translate. So I've been ragging on the translators today a lot. Hey, but that's right. But um, this one is a tough one to translate. The uh, some of. Um, but Greek is more some of those standing here. Um, and that, that word some, it could be translated anyone. It could be translated someone, a certain one. Um, oh, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, in that way, it does make it more of a presum- presumably Judas prediction. Mm-hmm. Rather than the the question that um, many Christians have asked of, did Jesus not know when the second coming was? Uh-huh. But this makes it looking at the Greek in this, it makes it clear that it was was a, a reference to the resurrection, and mm-hmm. one of the great tragedies of humanity is Judas didn't hang around long enough to see how it was going to come out. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it is kind of a, a tragedy when you think about it that uh, um, he could have taken a very more, a much more Jesus uh, centric uh, style of thought towards this, which is this this was uh, uh, something that was foretold, something that needed to happen, and his role in it um, was, while regrettable, um, something that that was key. And uh, um, had to happen uh, in a way. Um, I suppose at the end of the day, it would have happened, as you kind of pointed out, sooner or later. Yeah, was, was kind of uh, gonna happen anyway. So um, yeah, because all Judas they would say where to find him. It wasn't like he said this is the case you make against him. He wasn't an informer, um, deeply embedded for three years, you know, so the indictments and the grand jury could get together. Instead, right. it was just telling, you know, telling, okay, this is where you can find him. And then the Romans killed him. So, yeah. um, especially since Jesus was such a public figure, he would have been found eventually. Yeah. It, sooner it, or if, later. If it hadn't have been him, it would have been somebody else. Or it just would have been a Roman on patrol finding. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So, um, yeah, that is, that is tragic. Um, yeah, he, 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 unfortunately, that character gets uh, uh, very much demonized, even though one would assume, because there's not very many other stories with uh, about him, other than ones centering around that single action, um, that he was otherwise a very good and faithful disciple, otherwise. Um, Except in the Gospel of John. Well, John, John, has, has, John has motives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and John very much um, lets you know from the first, maybe the first mention, but very early on that Judas was unethical, that he was stealing from the common purse, um, mm-hmm. is John's accusation. Um, but the, yeah, the three earlier Gospels, the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he's just like any other apostle until the last minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, un- unless there's something else. Uh, oh, there's we... so much more, but I think we're out of time. I think we are. We're getting ready to hit uh, a full hour here. Uh, I think for the first time. Uh, so apologies, uh, uh, unless you enjoyed it, in which case you're welcome. Um, <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> uh, so I think that'll that'll wrap it up. Uh, this our uh, uh, podcast for August thirtieth, proper seventeen, the thirteenth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, year free, A, Year A in the Lord of our no, <laughs> in our, um, the lectionary of the church. <laughs> uh, uh, please uh, uh, feel free to check out uh, all the things that are going on uh, at Holy Family HFEC.org. Feel free to uh, email us with any questions at shortcut at hfec.org. Uh, check out our YouTube uh, page at uh, HFEC videos on YouTube. And uh, unless I'm, I'm, I don't think I have another one. Those Sunday worship. Sunday worship, yes. Uh, so do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday worship is still online. Facebook still online. watch party at mm-hmm. 9 a.m. through the Thank Holy you. Family uh, Facebook page. Thank or you. on demand on the YouTube channel. <laughs> on demand. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, lots of opportunities uh, to connect, lots of uh, content out there. Uh, but feel free. Uh, we're, we're always looking for uh, new and exciting ways uh, to, to uh, create, a, uh, um, calling it content sounds so cold, but uh, uh, creating opportunities uh, for, for us to connect and for, for us to uh, grow spiritually. Um, Gross fish? Thank you. See, you're welcome. This is why you're the priest. I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> you're an the... idiot. Um, <laughs> but a very helpful tech. <laughs> you see? Yeah. I can hit record with the best of them. Um, so with that, uh, I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.